What is going on, folks? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Pit Podcast, your daily podcast covering the Pittsburgh Panthers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And folks, a loaded episode today. Pitt has a big recruiting weekend in terms of unofficial visits. We'll talk about the implications, some of the guys they had on campus, and some really exciting news there. We'll also talk about Pitt's Pro Day upcoming today. Later today, it will happen. Kenny Pickett, Lucas Kroll, Taysier McDemore, Mathis Kalidomise, all those guys will be working out down at the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex, and also a flux of transfers from both Pitt's men's basketball and Pitt women's basketball. We will talk about all of this on today's episode of the Locked On Pit Podcast. Our Locked On Pit, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast, folks. As always, I am your host, Nick Fairbone. As always, thank you for making the Locked On Pit Podcast your first listen every day. If you are watching this on YouTube, make sure to like, comment, subscribe, turn on the notification bell to all that great stuff. If you are listening to this, make sure to leave a review, give feedback, and not make this show as good as possible without hearing from you guys. Now, folks, it was a loaded week, to say the least. A loaded week from... This weekend, a few transfers from Pitt men's basketball and a very key transfer from Pitt women's basketball. The recruiting coming in, obviously Pitt Pro Day is later today. There's a lot to talk about. But I first do want to start with talking a little bit about the recruiting Pitt's actually doing. And, and some really exciting things from Pitt that should make you very, very excited. But first, this episode is brought to you by Stat Hero. Stat Hero is reshaping the way that you play fantasy sports. Dozens of house-based games to play daily. No sharks, no funky props. Just your skill versus the lineups you choose. Sign up today at stathero.com slash locked on. Now, folks, this has been a very talked-about recruiting cycle already for Pitt. Obviously, they only have one commit, but it is a four-star commit in Zion Fowler. So they have a four-star wide receiver already committed for Pitt. Obviously, that's got to feel good to have your first commit be of that high caliber. But there's a lot more riding on this cycle than just that. Here's the, the implications of winning an ACC championship, going 11-3, and three, and doing more and more. This 100% is the year where we could see the recruiting spike. Could that spike come? Could Pitt be landing multiple four stars? I'm not talking one or two. I'm talking five, six. Can they be having some of the top classes in the ACC? They haven't had that in terms of pure numbers here in a little bit. The star rankings, the composite rankings, whatever you want to use as a metric. Pitt really hasn't had them. But they've developed their talent. Well, their identification of talent has been phenomenal. They continue to churn out pro athletes that are two stars, low three stars, because their identification of talent has really been phenomenal under Pat Narduzzi and his staff. So that has been very exciting. Very, very exciting to watch from Pat Narduzzi and company. But 
you would imagine that would carry up to the next ranks. And if you get more talent, then you can become a more consistent program. And so this recruiting bump that could be coming for Pitt football, it could change the way this team works. It could change the direction of the program. Maybe 2021 wasn't just an off year. Maybe this is going to become consistent. We should expect Pitt to be at a higher level than they have been really since Dave Wanstatt's late 2000s run. That's what we're talking about here. But can Pitt sustain it? That'll be the big question. And when you get guys on campus, like Hakeem Williams, for example, who's a borderline five-star, we're not just talking about a good player here. We're talking about one of the top players in Florida, we are talking about one of the top players in the country, ranked, I believe, 36th overall. That is 100% the type of stuff we're talking about. Hakeem Williams is a very special type of guy to get on campus. It's largely because of Tyquan Underwood. And let's talk about guys like Tyquan Underwood getting a few guys on campus already. The recruiting dividends he's got just to get top guys on campus from his relationships built at Rutgers to now has been extremely impressive. And and obviously there was a little bit of trade back between Williams, Narduzzi, Partridge, Underwood, all these guys tweeting at each other. It's going to be a tough battle to win. But getting a guy like that on campus... That's big time, right? That's big time. And and here's here's the thing about Pitt. When you get guys like that on campus, these can be program-changing guys. When you get another four-star in Desmond Umeazulu or Mason Robinson, both four-stars on campus, you didn't just have one four-star on campus. You didn't just have a great guy in Hakeem Williams. You had six four-stars on campus this week. That alone is impressive. You already see the recruiting bump in terms of just guys coming in, in terms of guys just trickling on. And, of course, they're still recruiting their usual guys. They're still recruiting guys they've been in with for a while. It's not really that surprising. But this is one of the best crops of pit guys coming here in a while. A lot of offensive linemen, a lot of defensive linemen. You got guys like Jordan Church, the cousin of Shockey Jacques-Louis, who's a very high three-star. You got Kanaja Wilson, another very high three-star. You got all these guys coming in that are really impressive. Really impressive. And so you're already beginning to see that. And it was a big weekend. It seems like from all the articles written, it seems like from all the buzz you're hearing, or at least I'm hearing from around the coaching staff, this was a really successful weekend for them. They feel like they got a lot of ins with a lot of these guys. They feel like a lot of these guys are going to come back for official visits. And listen, recruiting, obviously, it's not going to get real until they land these guys and until they sign that letter of intent. Really, even before they get on campus and start playing in football games, but that's this is the first step. 
a lot of these guys in years past would not have even entertained Pitt. They wouldn't have even come to Pittsburgh. So the fact you're getting these guys at Oakland, you're showing them the facilities on the south side. You're showing, hey, we have this great location where we work with the Pittsburgh Steelers and we do all this. That's very impressive. And this is the type of recruiting bump we're going to see, I think, with Pitt coming into the future. This is the big year for Pitt. They got to capitalize on it, right? They have to get something going here. This has to be the kaboom, kapow, bang year. You got to see it. This has to be the recruiting breakthrough. You think it's a really good staff of recruiters. Charlie Partridge has obviously been great. Tyquan Underwood seems to be really good. Pat Narduzzi himself is a really good recruiter. You see guys like Corey Sanders and Archie Collins get after it. Tim Salem's pretty underrated. It's a good staff. Now can you capture in these larger recruits with got with selling pitches like Kenny Pickett, with selling pitches like, hey, we just have the Bolitnikoff winner here. We can do that. Look at our pedigree in producing defensive backs. Look at our pedigree in producing defensive linemen under Coach Partridge. Look at all these different types of things we have going for you. And then there's the team component. This has been a team on the rise. They produce consistent NFL talent. You work with the Pittsburgh Steelers. You get to go all every day, every day around all these different professionals from the Pittsburgh area. Even if it's not an Aaron Donald situation, obviously you have Aaron Donald there as well, but guys come through all the time. You know, Jordan Whitehead will come through. Tyler Boyd will come through. James Conner will come through. All these guys come back to the Pittsburgh area, and where do they work out? They work out there. They're Pitt alums. So they come and work out at the Pitts facility. So, of course, it, it's important there. You so many recruiting pitches, and then you have the ACC championship on top of it. And you have the program culture. And so this is going to be the year. And to get guys like that on your campus and seemingly come away with glowing reports, it's huge. And you got to feel good about it if you're pit right now. There's more coming from where that came from. You're going to get official visits starting to creep in here pretty soon next month. They'll get a few official visits. They'll see if they can get some June commitments, maybe even some commitments over the next month or so. And it'll be big. And if Pitt can start creeping up this ladder in terms of the star rankings and in terms of the bigger prospects, maybe they can sustain the success more than just this year. But it's going to be contingent upon this more so than anything. Because last year they had the quarterback, the star quarterback, and Pickett was the engine. Obviously, it was a very good roster around him. But without the star quarterback, it's not going to happen. So we'll see. Can they get the quarterback too? We'll Everything's going to work out. But if you see the recruiting up this year, and you should expect to, we'll see how it turns out as a program. However, for folks, I want to now switch over to Pro Day, what we should look for, bigger things to look for in terms of what Kenny Pickett can do, what Damari Mathis can do, other guys that are not that were not at the combine, what they can do, and who can improve their stock here on Monday. For, but first, folks, let me let you know about Stack Hero because anytime you take St. Peter's and now your bracket's busted, yeah, mine's is too. So look, you can look good, but I still have some cash from my Stat Hero pickup. If you haven't checked out this new platform, you are really, really missing out. Stat Hero's NCAA single game pickups pit the star players against each other in an amazing hybrid between fantasy and sports gambling. Take control back from those handicappers that always seem to take the advantage. Start focusing on the players you know best with a gameplay that doesn't rely on big spreads, long odds, or funky props. Stat Hero gives you the advantage, resulting in their gamers winning four times more often. Why? Because Stat Hero eliminates the mystery about who or what you are going up against. In addition to their pick'em games, they have dozens of lineups you can comb through to take on. 
head to head. They simply post sets of players for you to take on with a set of players you choose. Stat Hero is the easiest and fastest way to get your sports action fix. This is what Daily Fantasy was meant to be. Sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash locked on and use the promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. That's stathero.com slash locked on. Use promo code locked on for a 100% match. Stathero.com slash locked on promo code locked on. Terms and conditions apply. Folks, it's getting to the time of year where March Madness is in full swing and Easter is around the corner. Do you want a special Easter gift or do you want to enjoy March Madness in the right way? I have you with Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar while also having all the health benefits you need. Have you tried the Puffs? Because if you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar, they're a treat. And they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Again, all Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs included. It's but it's low calorie, high in protein, low in sugar, low in carbs. You get all the benefits of an actual protein bar while also getting the taste of a candy bar. So go to built.com, use the promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. on pit podcast as we are continuing to talk here a little bit about pit football and pro day coming up today down on the south side as pit will welcome nfl scouts and plenty of them obviously with kenny pickett headlining their class not a lush class if you will for pit at least not the luscious they've ever had they're gonna have probably a bigger overall class next year and that should be especially expected with all the talent they have. But Pitt this year has plenty of top-end talent. When you have guys like Pickett, when you have guys like Damari Mathis, who continues to rise up boards, there's going to be a lot of teams that are going to trickle in the watch here. And you can expect a lot of GMs to come. I would expect Matt Rule and Scott Fitterer. Expect Mike Tomlin and Kevin Colbert for the Steelers. You can expect a lot of these guys. Maybe Pete Carroll and John Snyder come over from the Seahawks. A lot of these, you know, maybe Chris Bowd and Frank Reich from the Colts. There's a ton of teams that could come in and try to look at Kenny Pickett or a few guys here. You're going to see a lot of NFL personnel. You're going to see a lot of interest. It's going to be one of the more high-profile pit pro days I think we're going to ever remember. So lots of guys going to be here, lots of key NFL personnel, and it's going to be a showcase. And with Kenny Pickett coming, yes, teams will focus on Kenny Pickett, but who's Kenny Pickett throwing to? He's going to be throwing to guys like Taysom Mack and Lucas Kroll and all those guys, and some of the younger guys will be able to show off a little bit. So pretty good stuff for Pitt in that regard, right? Going to be able to show off a little bit of talent, going to be able to give these guys that maybe aren't named Kenny Pickett a bit of a higher platform. Now, what, what is Kenny Pickett going to do to really improve his stock here? You figure he's not going to test much. He ran already. He did most of the stuff at the combine. Maybe he gets his hands remeasured to see if those hand exercises actually increased his hand length a little bit. Maybe. In terms of physical testing, I don't think he's going to do much. 
However, in terms of actually doing things, it's going to be all about the live throwing drill. And he did a really nice job in Lucas Oil Stadium. Now they're probably going to ask him to do some different patterns. You know, he had fly patterns. He had post patterns. He had double moves. There are a few things there. Maybe he puts more rhythm-based timing concepts in here. Obviously, those were also there at the Combine, though. So it's all going to be about the throwing here. A live action, extremely up close and personal view of Kenny Pickett throwing. This is what these scouts are going to see. That's what they're going to want to see. Accuracy, precision, preciseness, all of these things, right? All these things, they're going to look and see his footwork. They're going to see everything. How he talks to his receivers, his body language. All of this is going to be very important. For Kenny Pickett. I don't think he's going to do a ton in this, this setting to really improve his stock because he already pretty much has done everything. But this will be another opportunity for scouts to see him, for teams to really get up close and personal with him. Probably the closest they will get to him in the entire cycle in terms of actually on-field drills. For Damari Mathis, just look good in your drills. You ran well already. You had a pretty good combine. Not much else you can do. Whenever you meet with teams, obviously, there's going to be tons of good things moving there. But not much else Damari Mathis himself can do. Cal Adamitis, again, same thing. Look consistent, be consistent. But I think where this gets interesting is when we look a little deeper. And some of the guys that will be working out here in terms of, first of all, Taysir Mack. This is going to be a guy that I think is going to be really interesting. Really interesting. And when we look at when we look at Mac, a contested catch guy that turned into a vertical threat this year, what's he gonna realistically run? That's gonna be the question. Is Taysir Mac at the next level gonna be explosive enough? What are his jumps gonna be? This is where we get into the testing part. For Taysir Mac, for Lucas Kroll. Especially for Taysir Mack, he's a deep threat, but what is he going to be? Is he going to be a multifaceted deep threat? Does he have speed to burn? Is he going to be a legit 4-4 guy that a team can take a jump on and that can gain consistent separation? He proved he could get separation this year, but does he have the speed at the next level to prove that? We'll see. For Lucas Crawl, it's very important. Are you athletic enough to bust seams? You know, Isaiah Likely from Coastal Carolina earlier this week, one of the more athletic tight ends thought of as one of the more athletic tight ends in the class, just went out and ran a 4-8-40, and his stock is reportedly collapsing. Athletic tight ends that can't block, like Lucas Crow. Lucas Crow will give you his effort, but he's not a good blocker. So when you look at a guy like Lucas Crow, he's going to have to run well. He's going to have to jump well. He's going to have to prove he's all these things. He's going to have to prove he's fluid. He's going to have to prove he can be athletic enough to where the guy is really going to be very impressive. And so we'll see how this turns out. Because I think this is a big day for Crawl and Mac. You know, there are other guys like Keyshawn Camp, who's obviously dealt with injuries. The raw talent that we have seen over the years with Keyshawn Camp has been fun. I think that a lot of things, when you look at him, when I look at Keyshawn Camp, you know, I think that there's a lot of good to see in Keyshawn Camp. He's powerful. He's pretty explosive despite the injuries. He plays with good pad level. He's strong, has a good anchor, so he could two-gap or one-gap. But the thing about Keyshawn Camp is he's always been injured. He's a little bit limited in the hand uses department in terms of his pass rush counters. So that there's 
issues there. And it's where also where are you playing? Is he a one tech? Is he a three tech? Is he a five tech? I tend to think he's more of a five. Um, so we'll see where he can work. I, I think he could slide inside to three, but I wouldn't slide him all inside to one. Um, and, and I think he's a little too burly, and I don't think he's fluid enough to play all the way out of the seven. Uh, so I think you're going to keep him in that kind of five, four, I three kind of area. We'll see if he he is has enough sand in his pants to slip inside all the way to one tech. Uh, Weigh-in will be big for Keyshawn Camp. Uh, the, the, you know, and, and so there are other guys as well. Phil Campbell, John Patrician, Chase Pine. You know, all the linebackers. It looks like Patrician's really working hard in order to try and get going and getting his money up. Very interested to see what he ends up running uh, after working at the star. Phil Campbell, another guy. What's his official weigh-in going to be? What's his official size going to be? A, a former safety. Is he going to be too undersized? You know, or is he going to test well enough to where he's going to get a chance here at a camp invite? They, these are going to be important things. You know, Seeing guys like that live, it's going to be important for them. So this is going to be very important for guys like Keyshawn Camp like Taysir Mack, more important when the guys are trying to get put on the radar, like a Phil Campbell, like a Johnny Patrician. These are going to be very, very important days for these guys. And there will obviously be other guys. Kirk Christodoulou is going to show off his leg a little bit. Melky Stovall, Trey Tipton. We'll see if any of these other guys can stick out. But look out for Lucas Crow and Taysir Mack being the two guys to really watch. If they have good days, I think they can really hold themselves up. One got an NFL PA invite, which was Mac, and then Carl got a Shrine Game invite, and you don't get those invites without having some buzz. So a good testing day to get one of those guys drafted or both drafted. So keep an eye out for those guys. All right, folks, now I'm going to shift over. Transfers, Rita Ibakwe and Chris Payton, both transfer out from the men's and women's program, respectively. Let's talk about that. But first, let me let you know about Bet Online because that's that time of year again as college basketball's tournament is in full storm. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, BetOnline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and information. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports source, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. BetOnline, where the game starts. What is going on, folks? Welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast. We're continuing to talk here a little bit about basketball this time as, as there were two key transfers that happened over the weekend. Most importantly, Rita Ibakwe transferring from the women's basketball program. This one is very significant for Lance White and company. Obviously lost Jayla Everett after she was essentially just missed from the program and kicked off the team for numerous reasons, but more importantly, this is a little bit surprising. First of all, this was kind of Pitt's identity at the end of the year, right? If you actually looked up at what Pitt women's basketball did, what they put their hat on and said, yes, this is what we do. This is exactly why we're good. This is exactly why we're tough to beat. It was because of their post game. And Brie Ibakwe was their only consistent bit in terms of actually being a true center. 
He was their only guy. And so this is tough. This is really tough. Because when you put Rita Ibakwe out of that line, you don't get the consistent rebounding. You don't get the consistent ability to put back and put it in. You have to put all the onus on smaller players like Amber Brown and good listen, she's a fighter. She gets a lot of gritty rebounds. Liatu King, I like Liatu King. I really do. I think she's going to be a really good player. She's developing a mid-range jumper as well. I think she's going to be very dangerous next year. But you don't have a true five now. And that's going to change a lot of things. Even if you have that true point guard, and maybe that's Sandrine Klusker, or maybe that's going to be her and a transfer, you get the guards that are slashers, and you get the spacing now. You need a dominant force down in the paint now. Is it going to be King? It could be. But someone to really work off her at that five spot where you already lost Mary Dunn, and now the top option on the roster is probably Tracy Houston. Now, Houston, I thought, showed good things. I, you know, she's more of a stretch five who can shoot the three, and she's a solid shot blocker as well, but not an imposing force down in the paint. A decent rebounder, but not great rebounder, has a little bit of balance issues down low. So she's she's a good backup ACC big. Cynthia Zaza, the kind of defensive type. You know, good feet, overall pretty bouncy. She's a good rebounder. She's a really good defender. Doesn't offer much in terms of the offensive end, though, outside of offensive rebounds. So you're going to need an offensive force here. Rita was both, and that was the thing. Rita was both. So losing her, you lose her veteran presence. You learn, you lose her veteran leadership. And then you also lose her ability to download. That's going to be big. And that's why when you're starting to develop an identity of rebounding and, and putbacks and good post play and one of the best post players – on your team, maybe the best post player, including one that had really taken leaps this year. I thought Reedy Bakway looked really good. She looked quicker. She had better handles. Uh, she she was more. She was she was converting her close twos a lot better. The putbacks were all there. Her second chance points were through the roof. She looked a lot better even against good ACC bigs. So losing her is a real bummer for this team. It, it really is. And so we'll see how you can rebound this if you are. Lance White, it's going to be a, it's not going to be an easy one. That is for sure. Now, when you look at Chris Payton transferring from the men's basketball program, a guy that was athletic, I got tons of bounce. And by tons, I mean, good Lord. When you watch this guy fly through the air, it looked like he was floating at times. So this is a guy that was impressive. And so the potential there, the raw potential in terms of athleticism, bounce that you really don't find in, in guys a lot, and also some pretty solid length. A little bit of a bummer in terms of the upside option. This was a really bad team this year. And he, he wasn't able to crack the rotation. And when he was out there, he did not look good. And that is something to be... in important of as well to be cognizant of so here's the thing and here's the the bigger thing 
when you look at Chris Payton overall. It's another scholarship open. The Juco waters are tough. It's tough to project Chris Payton go down to a lower level, you know, somewhere like the Ohio Valley Conference, somewhere like the MEAC or, or somewhere like that. You know, the American East Conference, somewhere like that, where he could actually carve out a role with his athleticism. But he was far more athlete than basketball player. And he turned he turned the ball over at a pretty high rate. And that led him to not being ACC caliber this year. And maybe he grows into that type of player eventually. But clearly, either he believes he's not to that level or the team doesn't believe he's to that level. It's not the same as Noah Collier, who's going to have a very defined role. Chris Pate might not have even played next year. There was a real good opportunity. He did not play next year. So him transferring out opens up a fourth scholarship now that you have that you could fill with the 2022 player. You could fill with a transfer guy. And again, the four needs. Backup big. Starting four, a 3-and-D wing, and a point guard. Those are your four big needs. We'll see if you can fill them, but now you have enough scholarships to fill those. More transfers means you can egg on shooters. You can add more shooters, and you can add more dynamic players, and you can do this, this, and this. You can add a true five. You can do different things with more scholarships opening up. And I'm not, I'm going to say this, I don't think this is the last one to open up. So lots of things to look for here. Pitt men's basketball has flexibility to do a bunch of different things now that they wanted to do. Should have been better playing. Should have been more on the 22 recruiting class. But it is what it is at this point. Now they have flexibility in the transfer portal. All right, folks. We'll be back here tomorrow talking more about Pitt Pro Day and what happened and the takeaways there. I'll be there covering it live. So we will obviously talk about that. And we'll talk about any other developments that happened in the world of Pitt athletics folks as always thanks for listening and as always hail to pit